It's clear now how good Trump's first-term policies were. Says a Democrat? Yeah, if you can believe that. Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Odd, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Gentlemen, uh, a former Democrat, he doesn't call himself one anymore, a current venture capitalist and former Facebook executive, uh, Chamath Palihapitiya, he was on the All In podcast, and he said then that now is a good time to reevaluate President Trump. He said on issues like the border wall and Middle East peace. Oh, hey, you remember Middle East peace? That was kind of awesome. He said that people mostly didn't like the messenger. So we, he's talking about Democrats here, killed the message. And I'm going to, I'm going to read this quote from the podcast for you. This, this is great. Turned out he was right. uh, Chama said about Trump. When are we going to stop shooting ourselves in the foot? When are we going to actually take the time to look past who was saying things and actually listen to them word for word? Well, Bill, when are we going to do that? What planet am I on? (laughs) And who are you people? And what is going on? And I want some answers here. Yes. And 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 I'll I'll go even further in terms of extending this fig leaf. I think this is this is the attitude that that both sides should have. I'm, I'm I know I'm taking Scott's corner here in the in the uh, in the right angle show, but yes, that's how that's how civilized functioning governments work. They 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 don't dig themselves into trenches that are just so ideological that that no good idea from either side will will ever pass. Uh, you you could make a long list of the things that Donald Trump was right about. Uh, that that the Democrats demonized him for, and and I, I I'm honestly Steve seriously I'm a little gobsmacked by this because that is it's not so much that it's it's a concession to Trump or anything, it's just that seems to be that seems to be the entire problem. I, I don't I don't know if I know a, a single I don't plenty of Trump supporters I'm not sure I know one of them who says no he's a perfect guy. No, no, no. I don't think I know one, and and this is the thing that they don't seem to understand. Their their personal hatred for him is so overpowering that they don't understand how people can vote for him, and they don't understand. They they just don't pay any attention to what he did because it's coming out of his mouth, and therefore it must be bad. And I know enough about liberals and show business people to know what about Trump bothers him so much his his egotism and his bo- bragging and his boasting and the you know the, the 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 perpetual tan and the hair and all the rest of it. They they think he's a, a like a, a they see him as kind of like the world's biggest used car salesman. I think, but. But his his policies and his presidency were extraordinary, extraordinary, and I'm just so relieved uh, to hear this. Um, and this is how this is how you you know you really recover some sense of uh, comedy, not comedy, in in yeah. politics, and 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 really good for him. Now, the question is, will anybody else hear him? Because because. What what he's really saying is, he's re- what he's really saying is, I I think I'm I, I I guess he's saying I come to realize that not only do I understand Trump supporters, I'm actually becoming one of them because even his staunchest supporters kind of wish he'd put the Twitter down and 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 you know and and not stoop to some of these these petty name calling fights. You you. you 
I've always felt that the difference between liberals and conservatives is that is that liberals would rather feel good about doing something that looks good and does actual harm, while conservatives would rather do something that looks bad and does actual good. And and I'm just enormously pleased to hear that. Bill, in one sentence, you just delivered one of the most devastating critiques of progressivism I've ever heard. And this this was years and years ago at uh, at the old network. I can't even remember how long ago this was now. Uh, you were you were parroting. Uh, you know, a mythical progressive when you said, well, that's fine, but does it work in theory? It works in practice, but will it work in theory? Yeah. That's not mine, by oh, the way. Oh, it's not. Oh, well, no, I wish it was. I heard it from you, so that's that's where I, I knew that's where I knew to get the Sure, get it the works credit. in practice, but will it work in theory? <laughs> yeah, that's not, it's not mine, but it's a great <laughs> oh, line. Brilliant. Uh, Scott uh, Chamath, uh, by the way, did I mention that he's a former Facebook executive? I mean, we're talking, you know, mm-hmm. Bay Area tech guy. This is really not the guy you expect to hear this next quote from because he goes into even even more detail here scott he says the work on the border wall we didn't like the messenger so we killed the message issuing long-term debt to refinance when rates were at zero we didn't like the messenger so we killed the message a structural peace deal in the middle east we didn't like the messenger so we killed the message and scott all of that gave us joe biden who didn't just kill the message he went and killed every single one of those successful policies are we going to have a more broad awakening than just one venture capitalist i think it happens every day all the time it's just not people who have a a mouthpiece or megaphone um, the way others do so you know the mayor of Dallas, Texas, recently announced that he's becoming a Republican. And he, was, after serving like nine years in the legislature as a Democrat and getting elected as a Democrat to the to the mayoralty of Dallas, uh, basically said, hey, the Democrats uh, won't support law and order. They will support higher taxes. They can't cut anything, um, you know. And, he, and so immediately his fellow Democrats, who had been his buddies for years and years, threw him under the bus and said, well, of course, everybody saw this coming for a long time. Um, I mean, this is the guy who, when he was inaugurated, invited Texas's senators in the U.S. Senate to attend the inauguration, um, and that was called injecting politics into uh, into civic governance. <laughs> you know, by inviting God people forbid. from the other party to come to your inauguration, you're injecting politics into it. <laughs> anyway, isn't it the yeah, opposite? I, I, Am I missing I something? So. Uh. Exactly. That's how I saw it. But um, yet, you know, I think this kind of a, a transition f- happens all the time for people who, over time, begin to realize, you know, um, everything, all the forces of society in politics and in the media want you to see combat and contest and division and uh, and personality. Like that is what TV lives on, and this is this is really the death of a republic in the sense. I, I don't think it's dead, nor will it die. But it, it's what kills a republic is this idea that it's all about personalities, and TV has to be all about personalities. So that's how they that's that's the whole medium. And so if you only watch TV as your source of news, uh, then you'll get the idea that is just this contest among these sort of titan characters. Uh, uh, and you don't take any time to look at the policies. Uh, this week, I was listening to uh, local national public radio affiliate, and they had what sounded like a student intern who did an interview with Representative Colin Allred, who's running against Ted Cruz for the Senate. But the interview, while clearly 
position to boost Allred's prospects and name recognition uh, really was just about what his priorities are in the House of Representatives, what his committee is doing and stuff like that. And I thought, this is interesting. This is like just a kind of a backgrounder piece on what he's actually doing in office. And I, I sent out, I, I, have, I don't think I've tweeted in, I don't remember the last time I tweeted, but anyway, I sent out a tweet on X and basically said, interesting interview with Representative Allred. I can't wait to hear a similar one with Senator Ted Cruz. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of le like, let's have a political contest. I mean, hey, it'd be really interesting to see what is a senator thinking about? Like, what are the issues that are important to him? What stuff, what's the actual matter of governance? And so when this guy that you're mentioning here is basically saying, hey, we're looking at the actual content of the product and and it's nice. I don't like the package, maybe. It's too orange or whatever, but you know, <laughs> but the actual... Got to desaturate the colors That's a little. right. The actual content of the package is nutritious, and I wish I had had more of it when I had the chance. Yeah, exactly. You talk about the, uh, the TV friendliness. One of my favorite clips of all time, and it might have been the very first time that a president appeared in a talking motion picture, or a talkie, as, uh, as we called them back in the day. No, none of us Did used we? to do that. Um, <laughs> is of Calvin Coolidge, one of my favorite yes. presidents. Probably one of yes. my fa of the peacetime presidents. He and Reagan are my are my two favorites. And he's just standing there. And the thing about Calvin Coolidge is he was a very funny guy. He had a wicked kind mm -hmm. of dirty sense of humor. But in this little movie that he made, he's making these stern pronouncements about the tax and how tax must be paid before the. And it's just. There is no personality. Scott talks about being TV friendly. This this thing had all the TV friendliness of a sock drawer, and and I don't he mean was reading from index cards. Drawer. Yeah, just just dry and awful. But he was revealing things about his political philosophy that were important and resonate with me. Yeah. And so, despite the zero charisma of this thing, I love it. And find this on YouTube if you haven't already seen it. But. Uh, to wrap this thing up, which which I can do, I want to go back to the uh, to the headline of the story, which I borrowed from Real Clear Politics, that that excerpt from this from this podcast. That headline was: "It's clear now how good Trump's first term policies were." Well, I kind of liked his first term policies when I was enjoying the fruits of them back starting in 2017. So I guess when it comes to uh, to Trump's policies, to echo something we were saying on the backstage episode available to BillWhittle.com members, if his first-term policies were a popular rock band, I liked them before they were cool. And that is your right <laughs> angle on that, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Thank you so much for watching. Hey, don't just watch. Become a member. Become a supporter. We need your help. All right. We'll see you next time.